Hey guys, welcome back to the first Bants and Everything in Between podcast with me, Marcus Darwin. And on today's episode, we'll talk about how the blunt blades still slice through the devil's defence, how Salah has changed Liverpool's form, and we'll be doing an in-depth analysis of the noisy neighbours of Manchester, Manchester City, with guest and fully-fledged citizen, Tom Casey. So sit back and relax, because it's time for some more Foots, Bants and Everything in Between. Great having you on the show. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm well, thank you. How are you, Marcus? Good, good. A uh, bit upset after past couple of games, but nothing oh, that I can't wow. handle. I mean, after six or seven years of absolute shame, it's nice being at the top of the table a little bit. Well, I have loved it, so um, United can keep doing that for me. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, it's it's oil money for you guys, isn't it? Oil money. There it is. <laughs> the classic. Right. <laughs> so with everyone that we have on the show, we get them to cover a few things. You know, your top five matches, your most surprising team, your least surprising team, your player of the season so far, and your top and bottom three predictions. So we're just going to dive straight into there. Your top five Fair matches. Days. So first one off, Liverpool four, Leeds three. Great match. I thought Leeds were going to nick it, but then obviously they had to. They had a bit of a calamity at the back, which is just becoming normal for Leeds these days in this season. And it's, but yeah, I really hope that they Liverpool would have gone off to a shoddy start because they. I thought they would have been the top competitors this season for City. Yeah, that that would have been um, interesting if they had lost that game. Um, mm. But out of everyone that we've had on the show, you're the first one to mention that game. And now that you say to it, it does spring to mind about how much of an interesting game it was because it really showed the Premier League what Leeds had to offer and mm. what Bielsa Ball was all about and how um, how just because you've won the title the, the season before, you can't go about thinking uh, you're invincible, you know? Mm, yeah, of course. So it's, that, um, that's... Yeah. I just thought it's quite that interesting. it was because um, I just that one springs to mind for me just because it was the beginning of the season. You know, there was new hope for every team. I think everyone, despite the kind of dislike for Leeds in general, was kind of hope hoping they would nick it. Apart from, of course, Liverpool fans. And I, I just thought it was just a great match to watch because I think it, was, it might have been the first match of the season. So it was most people tuned into it. So it was a it was a proper good game. It was a great game, and there was a couple of, um, I remember, because there was a couple of penalties, or maybe there was only one, I think there was actually two penalties that game, mm, yeah. and um, I remember throughout the throughout the beginning of the season, like, every game had a penalty in it, and all the commentators were just going over how, you know, there's been more penalties in just the first two weeks of the Premier League than there was all of last season, or something crazy like that. Probably 50% of them for United, to be fair, but... Um, there it that's... is, there it is. That's uh, that's uh, United money for you, paying the refs. Anyway. United money? United money? If we don't have any money, United we're skin. Money. <laughs> what was that? What, how much did... Wait, I, actually, I could be... 
be absolutely waffling here, but I thought you bought a Gallo, but no, you loaned him, didn't you? And we loaned so I was about to loan. say, if you spend money on that, <laughs> on that donkey, oh, then, no. yeah. Oh. Anyway. All right, so your next match? Um, Another one for me, which I thought was a good game, uh, was beginning of the season, it was Brighton 2, United 3. That Bruno Fernandes penalty after the game had finished. I'm, I'm pretty. Who was not livid at that? It was, it was a good the game. Bias, the bias city. No, Bri- Brighton. Brighton scored and equalised in like the 90th minute, and then the game finishes, and six minutes after the game finishes, everyone's practically in the shower. They're like, no, hold on a second, <laughs> gotta take a penalty. No, no, no. But if you, <laughs> if, you if you watch the game, you would know that. There was a handball before the whistle blew, and the referee blew the whistle even though he shouldn't have because VAR were looking at a decision. It's the same. It's the same example as when a linesman puts his flag on, uh, flag up for offside, and the player goes to score it. VAR check it. Everyone stops defending because the linesman said it's offside just to find out that it was yeah, onside and it counts. No, it's the enough. same thing. Fair, Mistakes fair, happen. Fair enough. I think it was just it was just comedic. Because it was just another thing about United, which was just quite funny in my opinion. The but whole this United United paying about... the refs and stuff. But this United <laughs> thing about the refs and VAR and all of that—it was just pot luck. Well, yeah. You know, we just mess pot, about you know. with the ball yeah. in the box, waiting for someone to bring <laughs> us down. <laughs> okay, I admit, Bruno Fernandes will go down and scream if a feather hit his head. But... Thank you for admitting that. That's probably the first United fan that's admitted Bruno Fernandes is the biggest diving cheat in global football. Well, he's not because uh, <laughs> Sterling. Sterling, hello. I, I don't speak on behalf of him. He does die. Sterling, well. Neymar, <laughs> Grealish. Gre- oh, Grealish. He uh, he um, annoys me, rather. He's um one of those just... Oh, whatever. Love Island Kevin De Bruyne, really, isn't he? <laughs> Love yeah. Island Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> We're going to get yeah. someone to clip that where you just <laughs> compared Grealish to De Bruyne. What? I'm, I'm calling him bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now you're saying De Bruyne's bad. No, 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 no. Love Island, Love Island. You know what that means. B-Tech, B-Tech. Uh, uh, your B-tech B-tech is cooking good, but, classes. You know, <laughs> cooking class. Anyway, but yeah, it was All it was right. just I think the shock of it was kind of what yeah. what put it up for me there for me. All right, what's your next game? <laughs> uh, West Brom three, Chelsea three, Chelsea oh. with the three goal comeback. That another yeah. one. Everyone was kind of. Probably, uh, obviously, again, apart from Chelsea fans, everyone was probably hoping West Brom would pull that off, but I don't know how they didn't. It was just like... To be fair, I think oh, Chelsea just... went into the season with huge defensive expectations, bringing in yeah. um, Thiago Silva yeah. and Mendy in goal. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I've never seen a leakier <laughs> defence. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> Oh, how would he let West Brom score three against you? The only other people that's let that happen to this season, I'm pretty sure, is Wolves. It's just so... literally City last year. It's what happened. Laporte gets injured and we just can't defend. Fernandinho out as well. We can't defend. And it's like that for Chelsea. They probably don't have that. Obviously, they have can, they have can 10 things, but they don't have that absolute 
like monster and holding midfield and most big teams need that i'm not calling jordan henderson a monster i would never say that <laughs> but like liverpool miss jordan henderson which i can't believe i'm saying and players like i guess fabinho i guess but he can he's been class at center back for them so it's just it it shows how teams really miss that kind of strong leader in holding midfield role but um i mean yeah i think i just that could have been such a good result for west brom but they they absolutely bottled it really didn't they yeah they did they did and um i just want to go back to to the point you made about city missing the port quickly and mm. i just want to dive into what you think of uh, ruben diaz this season oh he's been absolutely class i i i i'm being i'm going to be biased here but for me he's been signing the season i can't think of anyone else who's had such an impact on a team obviously apart from fernandez but in for this season in particular he's been just so class with everything he's done his distribution has been very good his he's he's his defending is just out of this world like there's not enough words that i can describe how good he is in my opinion and do you think that because of him, he's bringing the best out of John Stones? Oh, 100%. I mean, I wasn't the only... I know I wasn't the only City fan who uh, was kind of hoping that we would sell Stones in the summer. But I'm so glad we didn't now. He's been top quality. He's probably been up there with Diaz in uh, some of the centre-backs of the season. Like, wasn't it? He played like... 10 games over the Christmas period and he and he yeah. kept nine clean sheets. It was crazy. It was crazy. That was just and, mad. Uh, um, it's funny because Noah was saying, I think last episode or the episode before, that um, John Stones is not a centre-back. He's a striker with a <laughs> couple of goals that he's been putting in the back of the net. Do you think he's been working with Jesus on the training ground or, or do you think it's just potluck that the ball falls to him? Well, uh, on the finishing front, I don't think he's been working with Jesus because, well, even though he scored a goal in the last game, God, that could have been an absolute catastrophe. But uh, I think he's been working more with uh, Aguero in isolation (laughs) more than Jesus. But he's um, he's definitely somehow nicked some goals in the last few games, hasn't he? He has, he has. And um, another thing is the problem that you guys seem to have at left back mm. with Zinchenko playing but is Zinchenko like Champions League wit like contender quality I think I think he does a good job back there because like he came from being a an attacking midfielder and uh, I think it was a few seasons ago and it's when we had those major left back problems where everyone got injured including Delph uh, when he played mm. for us, and he he played so well considering he had just been converted to that role, and I think yeah. now he's just he's he's not like I wouldn't want him to start week in week out. He's not that type of player. He's he's a really good utility player to have because he could probably play him in a lot of positions, but I just I don't think that we can win the Champions League until we sign a proper left back. Yeah, because I, w- I was going to say, well, your return is, um, alternative option is Mendy. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I don't know, it's just a very weak, 
left back position. You know, you see Manchester United this summer they brought in Alex Tellers for for only thirteen mil, mm-hmm. and he's just there. He's a great backup option to have in case uh, Luke Shaw gets injured, or he's he's mm. even there to fight over the position to make Luke Shaw play better. Yeah, and it's the I- same. Um, I could probably give another example with the England squad. Hmm. With all these right backs, you know, you got Wambasaka, Lamptey, Arnold, Walker, Ter- uh, yeah, uh, Kieran Trippier. Yeah. I just. But ob- yeah. obviously, uh, England don't sign players, they just have them <laughs> yeah. at their disposal. But, you know, <laughs> oh, it's that sort you. of competition that you need. Yeah, I mean, Mendy, he was so good before he got injured. Like, I thought that he would have been so good. But then again, like, his injury just, I think he's just destroyed his career, really. Because he was looking like one of the best left-backs in the world for the few games he played in 17-18. And he's just so good going forward. But he's lost so much pace, you can see it on him. He doesn't really have the legs anymore as well. He's just kind of lost it. And I think that... um, I'd love to. I'd love to keep Zinchenko because he he puts his heart out on on the sleeve and he really works for the team. But Mendy's just one of those players. It's like you feel for him, but for the good yeah. of the team, you need to sell him and bring someone in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tough decision that Pep's got on his got on his hands. Uh, what's <laughs> your next match? Um, for me, it was Spurs three, West Ham three. That Lanzini goal at the end. Was the just, goal. Oh my god, that was ridiculous. That and top I feel corner. like that's where it. I can't remember exactly how Spurs' form was prior to that, but I'm mean, if I can remember correctly, their their form going into the game was was good, mm, and yeah. I feel like that was a turning point because their form recently, and and after that has not been that great and especially now uh we'll discuss it we'll talk about kane is now out for um i don't know whether it's uh a couple of weeks or a couple of months i'm pretty sure it's only two or three weeks Mm. but they're gonna really suffer now aren't they spurs with the with kane missing ah yeah i think they will to be honest they've not really got that they have that like venetius guy isn't it or something but just, yeah, how can you replace Harry Kane? Like, Harry obviously Kane you got is... Son and stuff, but it's just yeah. But Son him. works well because of Kane. Kane yeah. feeds Son balls and vice versa. The uh, Son plays Kane balls, so they're a huge part of each other's game. So with one mm. missing, it's all of a sudden you know you've got a you've got a big responsibility on your shoulders. It's the same I feel like with uh, Pogba. In the Manchester mm. United midfield, before Bruno Fernandes, how Pogba yeah. was, you know, the big name. So he was the one always being relied on in the midfield, and always being the one that was, you know, had the pressure of having to carry the team forward. Mm. Which I yeah. mean, for an eighty odd million pound player, that's what you should expect. But that's not what you get in <laughs> in. In the market nowadays, you know, Havertz yeah. being signed for the same amount of money, and that's Havertz. So, Ooh, I'm saying... 
<laughs> I think Harvard's is going to become good, you know, Marcus. I don't know. There's all this thing about him being awful and whatnot, but he he does. He he was such a good player in the Bundesliga, and I I can't see him not being classed with Chelsea. But it was only the Bundesliga, so that, I say how that. Can I you... say that bum. I say that <laughs> Bundesliga. Arguably, like more competitive than the Premier League last year, though. Whoa, whoa. Oh, you're you saying that? You cannot say that. You can. Oh, okay, Bayern win it. Bayern win it. Obviously, whatever they won it, but um, yeah, they but won that's it, the whatever, same. Ten years in a row, but it's like <laughs> here, like Liverpool ran off with it. They were really good last year. Like no one can say they weren't. I'm saying but, like, the Bundesliga is as competitive as the SPFL. Oh, Scott! Don't even shout out Scottish football. That's the worst thing that's ever been created. Like, just don't even talk about it. <laughs> Do but, you think Rangers and Celtic? Um... Oh, mate, I don't care. I don't care. It's like it's like what my dog's having for dinner. It's just I don't care. It's like no one cares about Scottish football. But do you think they they should be part of the English football system? If if <laughs> if Rangers and Celtic. When the Premier League, they were in the English football system, rather, they would not get out of League One or the Championship. I'm the quality championship. of that football is just, oh, it's just awful. It's just <laughs> terrible. I'd rather, I'd rather play in the Indonesian Premier League, mate. It's just awful. <laughs> what playing cricket instead of football? <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> can't even remember <laughs> what we were talking about originally just going yeah, off um, Scottish football something about yeah um, Son and Kane and big names uh, <laughs> how big, we get to that <laughs> big players missing big players missing from their team and yeah. um, how key Harry Kane is to, to Spurs well and, yeah um, so yeah I feel like with the introduction of Bruno Fernandes to that Man United <laughs> midfield <laughs> it really it took the weight off Pogba's shoulders and allowing him now to actually play you know okay not 80 million pound player more like 55 at a push at a push but, yeah <laughs> but he's getting there he's getting there he is going there there's there's been you can always see it with Pogba there's these sparks of brilliance and then there's just he turns no, into... that's his haircut, mate. That's his haircut. <laughs> he's, he's either he's either like on Kevin De Bruyne level or Bruno Fernandes level, or whoever, or he's on Lee Catamol level. It's just it's never like Catamol. a. It's it's just never there's never that kind of consistency with him. He's just and I think it's I I don't know because you're a United fan and things like that, but to me it's just clear he wants to go. But I and just yeah know. yeah it is it is, mm. and um. I've said this before, I feel like he's only playing decently well just so he gets attention from clubs. I mean, I guess. But I think that, you know, I should have realised that he's not a stupid right mid and that um, he is he's, he is a centre mid and he should play behind Fernandes and things like that and you need someone to support him. And if I reckon if United had realised that, like, a few years before like if they'd bought in like fred's good but if they'd bought in someone better to go alongside pogba he could have really excelled yeah yeah i feel i just feel like as yeah him maybe not making the transfer to man united would have would have helped him in his career a bit more getting more experience because at juventus he was still getting uh 
a lot of help in that midfield from the from Perlo and I think Marquisio uh, was yeah. in that midfield. And I feel like maybe if he just stayed with Juventus, learnt from those midfielders, and then once they left, you know, sort of stepped up to that role, learning how to be a leader of a team before then coming back to Man United. But yeah. It, it is interesting now because Perlo obviously being the man, uh, manager of Juventus, uh, rumours about Juventus wanting Pogba back. I think it would do Pogba well if he goes there and learns under under Perlo. Yeah, it could do, but I think I don't know if Pogba will want to go back though. I think he he's wanting that big Real Madrid move or something, isn't he? Yeah. Or that massive. Yeah, the massive club. W- the massive wage at Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. I can't see him going back to Juve, but definitely Paris or Madrid. Real yeah. Madrid. It's just, yeah. Yeah, so uh, what's your next match, Tom? Uh, my next match was uh, Villa 3, Southampton 4. Villa Whoa. was so close to pulling off a comeback there. Probably a bit of a nothing game. But... I don't know much about that game. so And I, no one's ever uh, talked to me about it. That, that sounds like one that's gone under the radar. What, well, what yeah, happened I think, in it? I think it was just because... So Southampton gone 4-1 out in control, but then Villa, like, score on the 87th and the, like, 91st minute, and then at the end there was just, like, a scramble to really? keep Villa out of the goal. And it was it was quite a good match. It's just because at the beginning of the season, there's, like, all these matches at the beginning of the season, all those matches were just, like, amazing. Like, I was really enjoying yeah. watching the Premier League. And I thought that that match was quite a good one just because the last 10 minutes it was, like, could this happen? Could this happen? So yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I feel like the way that this this season has been so good is I think teams have just taken a gamble and straight up changed the way that they are used to playing the football. The mm. the team's philosophy. Um, mm. You know, uh, Man United, this is now short scores, I think, third seat in two and a half years with them. Yeah. Coming up to three years. And... Um, that's sort of been a you know time to put his philosophy into the club and and start teaching the players the way that they that he wants them to play granted it's it's awful and and, um i don't think we'd ever win a league under him i feel like it's it's nice to see a manager at manchester united actually getting his chance other than you know sir alex ferguson uh, mm. Mourinho, he didn't he didn't last as long. Uh, mm. Louis Van Gaal, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, D- David Moyes. Oh, what oh, was... Don't talk about Moyes I know, like but that. He's class. He's West... class. Well, whatever he's doing to West Ham, whatever <laughs> he's doing to West Ham now is he's he's changing the game. Oh, I never thought anyone would ever say that about David Moyes. But <laughs> yeah, but he is. They're like the dark horses is, of the season, is. and I feel like mm. um, with the signing got uh, in the summer of Ben Rama from Brentford, and um, who was the other one that they just brought in? Oh yeah, Jay Lings. You know he's a, he's a youngster. He's got a huge amount youngster. of potential. I can't even kid kid. Myself. He's got to be eighteen, mate. He's got to be. Oh, I started to go when I found like... out Jesse Lingard's age. I thought that I had dementia. I thought I was like aging quick because I thought he was like seventeen. 
for his whole career until he's like 30. <laughs> he's like 28, 27, 28. It's quite scary, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Southampton have been quite surprising this season, haven't they? Yeah, they've been um, good. They've they have been good. good. A bit of a, a drop in form. Yeah, a drop in form recently. Um, but I feel like a lot of their their form this season is down to, as you described him as, the Love Island De Bruyne. I feel like he's <laughs> carrying that team. Yeah. Well, I mean, Southampton, there's no point getting excited about Southampton because they're just going to sell all their players back to Liverpool eventually, <laughs> uh, as usual. But um, yeah. Villa, Villa have been really good, in my opinion. They're, they're actually like, Despite them being Villa and just a bit blah, they've been exciting to watch, to be fair. Well, I mean, from uh, being cheated out of being relegated due to that dodgy <laughs> yeah. goal yeah, line I know. decision <laughs> last season. <laughs> that a bit um, To say that they're in a Europa League spot is um, it's quite surprising, to be honest. It's, uh, it is a bit of a... It's quite remarkable. It's it just, is, is. Yeah. I know... Um, um, yeah. Go on. No, no, no. I, I just wanted to say because um, I've, I I do have six games. I had to sneak a City one in there. I know that's bad. I'm sorry. All right. But Please, I had to, go ahead. I had, to, I had to say City three, Chelsea one. We absolutely dominated that game. We were so class. That was the turn up in form, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Man City. And that was Foden. the... That oh. was... I remember watching that game. And that was the game where Gundogan proved that he is he is Man City first team quality. Yeah, he's been so good this season. Like, there's no denying it how good he's been. <clears throat> do you I... think that he's going to stay at City or do you think they're going to try and sell him to get some money? I think he's going to stay, to be honest. I, I, I can't see him going for like big bucks, but... And I, he's not gonna. I don't think this is like a. He's gonna now get a five-year contract extension worth whatever <laughs> four hundred grand a week, but um, because it is gonna be Foden who's gonna get into that role like within maybe a year or two. But he's been so good, and I'd be happy for him to stay like for another few yeah. years because he is such a good player. And on the topic of Foden, he's been magnificent this season, hasn't he? Oh, he's, he's been so given good. his. He's been given his chance by Pep, and he's proven that he is—he's ready to to be first team level anymore. Not under twenty threes, not under twenty ones. He's ready, yeah. and I think it shows Southgate that he's ready. And we've got a huge boost uh, for the Euros now. I I can't see him not starting somehow in the Euros because obviously we've got Grealish, who's just—he's really good. Madison, who's really good, but. There's something about Foden, despite him being younger and whatnot and less experienced, there's something about him that I just think he's like, he's just so class. It's like there's just yeah. a few players you see that you just like. I see it. So I good. see it in him. And mm. I feel like because he's starting so much, and I hate to see th- say this as a Man United supporter, and not just a Man United supporter, but a Greenwood supporter, that <laughs> Foden. Is already one of the better, best midfielders in the league. Yeah, I think he's he he's um he's graduated that bracket of the whole oh Saka Greenwood, you know that. Yeah, he's I the think best he's out of them. Yeah, I think because with the Saka Greenwood Foden debate, Hudson Odoi now, 
you talk mm. about best youngster out of the four. I don't think you can now even granted Foden is a youngster. I don't think you can actually classify him as a youngster in terms of football and knowledge and football in skill. I think you've got to already categorize him with the likes of, you know, maybe not De Bruyne and Bruno level yet, but you know, you've mm-hmm. got your. I would go as far to say as potentially, you know, Ward Prowse, Madison, Grealish, that sort of area. Yeah, definitely. He is um he is something special. I definitely think that he's going to be our next David Silva. Not that I could ever say the Lord's name in vain like that. But um <laughs> he's uh he is he is um he is just such a good player. He's fun to watch. He's he's got that kind of energy, he bounces around, you know. Not the he stupid does. McTominay bounces, but like, you know, the the good bouncing yeah. around. I mean the only thing that I don't like about him is his haircut. <laughs> it's a bit he's dodgy. It does look a bit like a frog. A I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like he does. A frog. He does. Oh, he's got a stu- he's got a head. stupid eyebrow slit thing as well. Yeah. He what does, is wrong with does. that? Just, <laughs> but um, before we move on to your most surprising team, let's just um, ask you this um, question because we had George on uh, the last episode, and mm. you know we asked him because he's a Man United fan. Foden Greenwood. He said Greenwood. I said Foden. Noah said Foden. What do you say? Is there much point in me asking me? Uh, Greenwood. No, no, no. Foden, 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 Foden. <laughs> there we go, boys. Tom said Greenwood. Man City fan. Man City fan proves that Greenwood is better than Foden. <laughs> oh, no. no. Foden is class. I think he's clear. I think Greenwood's a great player, but I think Foden... I think better. Greenwood needs more experience. He needs more well. game time as well. Why the hell is Martial still starting for United? God. Oh, don't. <laughs> He's me. so Do awful. Ask me. Oh, <laughs> God. I mean, I feel bad for him, you know, being a victim of a racist abuse mm. um, after the Sheffield United game. Yeah, that's uncalled for that. All of that. It is. It? It's, it's awful. And I've just, I've seen the same thing about, you know, other sporting people. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's just had it to him. Uh, Rashford has just had it happen to him after Arsenal, after the game against Arsenal. Mm. You know, Tuanzebe had it, uh, have it, ugh, I can't speak, um, had it against him, um, yeah. against Sheffield United. We've seen it against uh, Sterling. Mm. It's, it's, it's awful. It's, um, I think a lot of it is also down to the media, you know, like your, your kind of, Daily Mail's and the sons of this world, like oh, this that sad. whole the whole episode. Like there was a comparison that Sterling did a few years ago. Yeah, um, I know. I there saw. was um, the Foden versus Adarabioyo, who you won't have heard of, but he was a black Man City youth team centre back. And when Foden bought his parents' new house, it was all this kind of English golden boy who buys parents' new house or whatever, and then it's. Uh, Adarabioyo and these two have the same probably type of game time for the City first team at this point and Adarabioyo was just this flaunting uh, person who just bought his mum a house without even making any appearances for the first team stuff like that it's just really uncalled for yeah yeah, and the, the 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 Rashford thing for me as well. It's just like the amount that he's done in the last year for children across England and 
it's the the like the wider British community as well. It's just it's just really uncalled for. It's just upsetting. It is. And, it's not right. Um, one other thing that I do want to cover whilst we're on this topic is mm. you know um, the facts that every player kneels before the game start mm-hmm. in honor of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, mm. I feel like it's t- it's diluting uh, attention to the situation. The mm. fact that players are doing it um, just every single time, and I think it gets to the point where people, football fans, sometimes are getting quite, you know, they're ignoring the message because now it's just become a, a custom to the game. I see where you're coming from with that, but in my opinion, it's it's quite an important thing to do because it is, it, it, is, is. it is showing, you know, that it's not tolerated in football as well. And I think football is one of these big issues for racism. It's always has been since whenever the 70s even. This whole, yeah. Uh, the Juventus fans caught... Like, I don't, my, uh, West Ham... And my mum used to go to West Ham games in the eighties yeah. and nineties, and they were they were shouting racist abuse at their own players. So it's just you know it's it's like yeah, it's just it's just like in in my opinion, it's it it needs to continue happening because at least it's still raising awareness. You know, it's yeah. it's still a thing that is um uh, should still be concentrated on. Yeah. So. It's awful, mm, right? Of course. Moving on from from that, what mm. team has surprised you most this season? Uh, Sheffield United. They've been surprisingly awful. Um, <laughs> we usually I'm, get one about how how someone surprised them about how good they've been, like a West Ham or an Aston Yeah, no. Well, um, <laughs> guess what else is on my list? West Ham. They've been class. They've been class. There's nothing to deny that. I think that obviously United have been quite surprising. I've no idea how on earth they'd got to the top of the table. Like you just it's just one of those things where it's just like, how has that happened? Cause they, Harry they... Maguire. <laughs> but you can't even say that like they were playing like well. They were like beating teams like three two in the last minute from a Bruno Fernandes. We go down two nil to Southampton <laughs> and end up winning three two. How the heck does that happen? <laughs> it's just one oh of those things. God. Well West Ham, yeah, they've been class. David Moyes has um decided that he's uh uh managing the right United and um Ooh. he's uh <laughs> he's doing something weird like it's just it's David Moyes. He's like one of the pinnacles of Brexit football, and it's just Brexit a bit. Brexit football, Sam Allardyce <laughs> and David Moyes and Sean Dyke. It's it's just like I don't know. I like I can't, I I don't I really don't have any words for how they've done it. I like, Do you think I they just, can get Champions League football? I cannot see that happening. The top four at the moment is just so competitive. Like yeah. you got City, Liverpool, United, Leicester. Like I can't see any of them really slipping up that much. Maybe Leicester and United, but I've got to um, ask how Leicester have, are doing this. What has happened to Leicester? How are they team. suddenly good team? <laughs> that I they've been working on it um for a few years. I'd say you know, Brendan Rodgers is is a really good manager. 
in my opinion. Like he's obviously he's also doing something special with them. They've got a really good foundation, and not to mention they've probably missed one of their best players in Pereira, and indeed he was injured. He's also been uh, such an important player for them. And there's, I just think that they they I can't see them challenging for the league in any time soon, but. Certainly Champions League, top four places, like you kind of Spurs type team really. You kind of they pretend that they're gonna win it, but we all know that by January they're just gonna drop off and probably finish fourth. It's, they're that they're that type of team probably, yeah. in my opinion. They are missing Vardy right now. Um mm. Yeah. So that's that's taken a big hit on them because he is their yeah. main goal scorer. But Madison has stepped up to the plate. He's just a good, he's just another really good player. Like he's just, he's another one of these. Obviously, England have to have like a thousand amazing right backs and two hundred <laughs> amazing uh, attacking midfielders. It's it. like two good strikers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got like a thousand wingers as well, and then we just got our centre backs. Is like, oh god. Anyway, now how do you? Fi- <laughs> you have the talent of Rashford, Sancho. I would mm. add. Hudson Odoi in there, Greenwood, mm. Mm. and Sterling as your wingers. Mm. What do you do? That wow, it's a strong team. Shame we've got a manager who can't do anything with it. Ah, uh, come on, no, he is coming home, Marcus. You it's gotta, you gotta remember that home. he's. He's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Football. Singing is too good. You might get copyrighted. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. So yeah. what team has least surprised you? Um, I was going to say Liverpool, just cause. Well, then I realised that they're Liverpool and they're actually good. Like that they they they've obviously tied to contenders in my opinion. Like although yeah. there's this whole seven point gap, but they they're just gonna go on a stupid run and nick it at the end, aren't they? But along yeah. with that, it's Chelsea. They they're kind of close between the two of them, I guess, because Chelsea. I didn't think that they were going to challenge for the league. Everyone thought that they would. but they, I did. Uh, they I thought they were going to win it, to be honest. And I thought Turbo Timo was going to win it. Was going I to just, be like Golden Boot winner. I just don't get the uh, Lampard sacking. I just don't see the kind of... It's just Chelsea is so ruthless with their managers. They don't give them time. And like Sarri, he, he, they gave him like one year. Or two years even. And he's just... You know, it's like... Yeah. If you want to play that type of football, you need to have a little bit of patience. It's not patience. like Mourinho can come in and just put yeah. in like five like, centre backs and then just like take the best with Man United. Yeah. So also, um, whilst we're on the topic of Chelsea, uh, they've obviously got their new manager, Thomas mm. Tuchel, the ex PSG manager, took PSG to the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Um, last season, obviously didn't win it, but I read um, uh, interesting comparison by a Chelsea fan, and this is obviously a Chelsea fan that's been angry by the sacking of Lampard, and he said, "Look, if you can't win the Champions League with PSG, you're not gonna win it with Chelsea. If you can't win trophies with PSG." In a farmers league, granted they have they've you know they're winning the league title like it's nothing the league one mm. title, but if you can't contend, um, like with the giants of French football, then mm. you're not 
then go home because there's no way you can do it in the prem. That's 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 a stretch, I guess. I mean, you gotta remember PSG came up against that Bayern side, which was just so good. Um, like I don't know, it's again you need to give you need to give managers time. It's like Guardiola didn't win anything his first season, but then again he got a hundred points the next one. It's just like yeah, Klopp Klopp did nothing for like three years. And then his team got to Champions League final. Granted, they lost to Gareth Bell and that idiot Carrius. But um, <laughs> it's like it's just you can't, you can't, you just can't like write off people instantly. So the same yeah. as the Harvard tomorrow thing. I still think that they'll be really class in years to come. It's interesting, interesting. Mm. And uh, what player has impressed you the most this season? Uh well Gundogan which we've already said he's been very good for us um Cancelo as well for us I know I'm listing the City players but I'll stop that now uh, Stones I guess a bit as well but yeah um but now for the actual proper impressing it's gotta be Shaw for United I thought that he was just yeah. one of these washed up left backs but he's he's really he's quite a good player to be honest in my opinion uh, I, I'd, you missed him against Sheffield United because he had that kind of creativity on the left side and tell us you just stuck him in and like he's a good player but he, he hadn't been playing so it's like you know and it, he's, he's a good player Telles is a good player but Luke Shaw has really impressed me this season and I feel mm, like it's because yeah. of the introduction of Telles that he's been playing yeah. so good um, mm. but also you know, you've got to rest players. And when you're resting Luke Shaw, mm. you know, to bring on Alex Tellis is a good option, but their playing style is different. Yeah. Uh, I would say Alex Tellis is a better crosser of the ball and mm-hmm. he's a better attacker. But Luke Shaw, despite his lack of attacking prowess, he still ma- he just, just runs his heart out with a sprint behind the defence and try and do a low driven cross into into Cavani up front. Uh, mm. I feel like it's it's gone really well for him this season. Mm. Yeah. So, right, we'll start off with the top and work our way down. So, predictions for your top three at the end of the season. Um, I'm being hopeful here. I'm going City number one, uh, Liverpool in second, and then. Probably United third, but I think Leicester are also competing for that spot. Um, you think Man United are just gonna go on a bad run of form? I just like they don't have that. I don't know. I can't see them. I can't see them competing for the league. I can and Liverpool, they're gonna have that resurgence. Like, like we did. The City did kind of at the end of last year. It's like we were hopeless for George of the year, but then then they're just gonna come back and. I wouldn't say we've been nowhere near as dominant as Liverpool were last year, but you know we they might start coming, kind of creeping up on us. Kind of we can feel them on our heels, stuff like that, waiting mm. for us to slip up. Well, Salah's finally, um, Salah's finally performing, and I feel like that's that's going to be huge for Liverpool in the mm. coming weeks in terms of uh, league position. I so. Mean, mm. Go on, elaborate. Well, I was just going to say, like, Salah's 
not exactly being off form though. He's top scorer by three goals in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, like, but those three goals to... have come in the past two days. Not two days, sorry, yeah, but... two games. Well, okay, well then, 12 goals, which would have put a meat call because Harry Kane wasn't injured like two, ga- two, three games ago. So, you know, he's above, he's above Son, Kane, okay. Vardy. Yeah, okay, then I should mention Firmino because Firmino is really the oh, player that makes oh. the front three, you know, work Pie the face. way it does. Pie face. His teeth just annoy me. But um, <laughs> he's uh, he's just I just don't see the whole Firmino thing. He's just like, what does he to really fair, add? I feel like they should have got rid of him, rid of him, and got Werner in when they had the chance. Yeah, I don't know why Liverpool didn't do that. They would have been so explosive. They would have just run away with it. I feel and like this Werner season would have been done different. A lot good. Yeah, no, this season like would have been Werner different would... with Van Dijk and things. To be fair, so. I don't think their centre-backs make that much difference, to be honest. I really don't. Really? They'll have... Okay, they'll have one... Okay, Gomez and Van Dijk are stronger than Nate Phillips and fucking bloody <laughs> Fabinho or Anderson. Mm. Yeah. But still, it's... You know, these mistakes are mistakes that anyone can make. Yeah. And... I don't know. I just feel you get more experience, but you don't necessarily... I don't know how to say it. I feel like it wouldn't have changed things that much. Yeah. If they had. Uh, um, I think they would have been closer. I think they would have been... It would have been a lot closer. I don't think... Maybe it wouldn't have been anywhere near as dominant as last year, but I think they would be top of the league. And I think that City mm. would... Be kind of, I don't know, one, three points off them, just because, like, well, we've not had a striker for the majority of the season, and Jesus is not a striker; he's a winger. His, so it's Jesus fine. is Bob. <laughs> I don't rate Jesus. Fair enough. I I rate him, but I don't. He's not a striker. Like he's just he's a winger. Like you saw him in that Madrid game last year. How yeah. good was he? He was so good. And he yeah. was not playing up front. It was like De Bruyne up front. It's just like, anyway. <laughs> right, your bottom three. Who's going to get relegated? Uh, I'm going 18th Fulham, 19th West Brom, and 20th Sheffield United. Interesting, interesting. Mm. So, Leeds staying up. Brighton staying up. Burnley I, I, staying up. I, I hope that Leeds stay up. Not... Because I like Leeds particularly, just because they don't deserve to be in the championship. They're a traditional Premier League team, things like that. It's just like, and they don't play like just god awful football like Burnley. Like, does anyone care if they go down? Honestly. I mean, I would because I, uh, I love I love uh, Brexit football and Dyke going. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, we played well and uh, yeah, I'm gonna well, go have my PG tips. And Yorkshire tea in the same mug. <laughs> oh, I mean, just, just bad. Like, just, I don't know. It's just awful. You don't, you don't tune into like realistically. You don't tune into Burnley versus Sheffield United. Like, 
Oh, what a classic that is. It's just a bit like... The Premier League doesn't want to see that. They want to see... I don't know. Like... Scraps. Like, relegation scraps. Like, right yeah. now, it's just like... Sheffield United... I can't see Sheffield United not going down. Yeah. And there's like three points from what from Fulham to whoever it isn't seventeenth, so it's just like it's just a bit boring. Like a proper relegation battle can be so fun to watch, especially if your team's not in it. So yeah, um, that's yeah. true. Right, so that's the end of today's episode. It's been awesome having you on, Tom. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. No problem. It's it's been mean, and we'll definitely have you on again at some point. Thank you very much. It's been really fun. So yeah, thanks guys for listening, um, and we'll be back next week for some more foots, bants, and everything in between. See ya.